0: I think we're live.
1: All right, here we go, boys. Here we yeah, go. I think We're Hi. live, hey
0: everybody. Software. Jason
1: Valen at Hard Money Bankers. Ian Horowitz uh, from Equity Warehouse. We're going to introduce you to Jim Shivers in a second. Uh, what's today? Uh, the seventh, April seventh. As you know, if you've been watching some of our Facebook lives, we are timestamping all of all of them because every day, even though every day seems very similar, every day is 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 very ever changing, uh, especially right now during these these very weird, funky, and unfortunate times. So some of the comments, opinions uh, we've chatted about in the past might not be the same, uh, you know, in the future because things are changing uh, every day. Um, so, yeah, glad everybody's here. We're going to hop into Jim, uh, with Jim in, in a second. And then uh, Ian and I will, we have a few other topics we want to discuss related to the PPP, the prote- Paycheck um, uh, Protection Program, some updates that we heard on that. Uh, Ian has some more updates related to his rental portfolio and uh, some of his tenants. So do your thing, Ian, and uh, we'll hop in.
0: I'm sharing and I'm about to jump in. I got dressed up for my boy Chevers today. He always gives me crap. I got a nice Carhartt shirt on. I got my tie on, Omar coming. Um, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm excited because Jim Chivers, a uh, very good friend of mine, we just did a deal this week. Um, I've known him for quite a while now. i met him by getting involved in real estate just by hanging signs for a real estate company. Um, Jim is very well versed in the commercial real estate world. Um, And it should be interesting to hear uh, what he's seeing from locally, what we're seeing um, in the commercial real estate world from office to industrial to retail. Um, Hey, Jim, you
2: there? Yes, sir. How How we doing, gentlemen?
0: Good, good. Hey, Jim, uh, I know you were on the big uh, webcast that we had last week, but for those people that weren't here last week, do you want to just give a quick background of who you are and where you're from and what you guys
2: do? Where I'm from, well, originally from Minnesota, but I've been here in Baltimore since 2000. Um, Worked for a company called Gold and Company. We're commercial real estate brokers. We're, our offices are headquartered right in Mount Washington. Um do a lot of industrial, leasing and sales, office leasing and sales, a little bit of retail. Um, and we kind of specialize inside and outside of the Beltway. And Jason, I know I've done some work with you and and, and uh, Ian, um, you know, just settled one last week. It was great working with you and, and Dan and Brian Parker in that one. And, and glad we got that one done. It was touch and go for a little bit. But uh, we'll talk a little bit more about who the owner user was and, you know, what their vision is here down the road. But thanks for having me, guys, and been yeah. chiming in, watching shows here past week or two. And you guys are doing an excellent job.
0: Nice. So, um, uh, real quick, to, to get it started, what, what are you seeing specifically to the marketplace here locally with everything that's going on? Um, and, what, you know, how are, how are you guys adapting and overcoming the current situation?
2: They're happy to kind of walk through the different sectors we have here in commercial real estate and, and Jason and Ian, I've got questions for you guys too because I think we're all starting to collect information through this and you know as the Great. days go by, you know what are we looking at? and uh, you know a question I have, a big question is the status of retail. and you know the economy was humming along here you know the past two, three years and the vacancy rates were, were very low in terms of retail. you know if you're looking at a strict center, you probably had a, a shopping center or a grocery store as the anchor in the shopping center. But you know, for you, Jason, this question's for you. How are, um, you know, how are landlords, you know, you're underwriting different shopping centers now, but how do you look at a cap rate? You know, if, if now that you know, some rents are not guaranteed and you're underwriting a, a shopping center, how are those cap rates established or how can you even look at it, you know, a different cap rate now? Because I think the national um, average for a cap rate was six and a half percent. What are you guys looking at now for that? That's something we're still trying to try to get our heads around ourselves.
1: Gotcha. I didn't know you could interview someone on their own show, but I'm uh, happy to, I'm happy to answer that. <laughs> and uh, and we were going to get into commercial lending here in a second to see kind of what you, you see, you know, I'll give you my opinion of how we're underwriting projects right now, but it's not going to be the norm that you're probably used to because we're a non-bank lender. You know, we use our own capital where we fund deals and, you know, we're looking for a lower kind of exposure, make sense deal that works today, works tomorrow, and works down the road. And in general, I'm not really going off cap rates. I'm kind of going off uh as is values, what we kind of see what happens if 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 they lose, if they lose tenants, um Right now, especially on commercial stuff, we're kind of just doing make sense lower loan lower loan to values on make sense make sense deals based on as is value. And I know that might not be the the answer that a lot of uh, commercial owners want to hear right now. But at the same time, I also don't believe that some of the commercial owners hope you know are also trying to get the the most aggressive. Um, What's uh, most aggressive program that's out there right now? Like in my mind, if someone needs uh, quick, easy funding, because that's what we do in general for hard money lending. We do quick, easy funding for someone that just needs uh, a, a low doc or no doc, easy scenario for them to acquire the property or to take a bridge loan out on a property that they already own. You know, I'm not looking to do, and they wouldn't want to come to us for longer term debt anyway. So, you know, obviously we're higher interest rate, and it's just an easy process to get in the door. So, for instance, someone might want to acquire a building in Baltimore for $500,000. They might come to us, we might give them 250 or 300,000 in this environment, just based on their purchase price. It's bridge capital, it's short-term capital. Um, It gives them the ability to get in the door right now, knowing that as some of the markets open back up, and maybe some of the markets are opened up, I'm not 100% sure, but it gives them a quick, easy, few business day turnaround loan, to get them into a deal that they might not have been able to get into, because they're, maybe they're going to steal on a deal right now if they can get in and out of it very quickly, or because uh, it's hard to get um, their hands on, you know, hands on capital right now. We'll put up the capital for it, knowing that honestly it's going to be a longer term. They're going to need some sort of longer term uh, financing in the future.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and it's no surprise that retail is actually absolutely getting smacked right now and, and you look at your shopping centers and your strip centers and, and most of the time the grocery store is your anchor tenant but they're, yep. they're given a sweetheart deal anyway to get in you know sign a 20 30 year lease you know you know decent rental rate but you make most of your money with the smaller guys those are your gyms you know nail salons barber shop sure. you know the um the companies that are kind of uh, anti-amazon um and that's who you filled up most of your shopping centers with and those guys are not essential right now so you know are no, you yeah, how you collecting rents and those? You know, that's yeah. still What be- um? Yeah, I mean, I was
1: getting, we were going to ask you the same question. You know, like, what do you what do you see? I mean, are buyers still actively trying to buy pro buy commercial buildings, or sellers trying to unload stuff, and are tenants, you know, uh, who are operating, you know, are they moving, or are they kind of just staying still and kind of playing the waiting game?
2: But in. And, and- there was a lot of deals done within the last couple of years. So there's a, a whole boatload of 1031 buyers out there right now. And, you know, they're kind of under time crunch now because you need yeah. to go identify that certain type of property and yep. under a period of time. So, you know, how are they looking at the deals now? Um, especially when rents aren't guaranteed uh, that, That's something we're trying to get our heads around. Uh, I think it's still a little too early to tell who's not paying. Um, you know, there was something, and I know you're a big, CNBC guy Jason, but there was a company called um, uh, Related Companies out of uh, out of New York. I think 50 billion in equity, and you know out of New York City, 90% of their industrial and office tenants paid. Um, I think 80% of their multifamily tenants paid. 24% of the retail tenants. You, paid. you saw that uh, yesterday.
1: You saw that yesterday morning at about 10:30 or about yeah, nine about 9:30. Yeah, yeah. That's who I quoted yesterday because they own Hudson Yards.
2: Um, yeah, you inspired you me to watch more CNBC. So I, I've been all, over well. um, and Ian, we, we had a, a, uh, lunch one time at Towson hot bagel with an investor. It's at one time we were looking at to buy that bar. He was just informed yesterday and I'm surprised um, he took this call and talked to me, but he's got a 600,000 square foot tenant with Joseph A. Banks as a main distribution center and they're not paying rent for two months. So uh, we're still a little early to tell who's not paying and how long this is going to be. And, and as, as you guys know, there are lenders out there. And are the lenders going to play nicely or you know, are they going to start defaulting on these mortgages?
1: Well, well, a few well, a few things. And I'll quote the guy because I've used this three times already because I love this quote. And I'll quote that guy who, you're, who you referenced in New York and the way that he said it. And I might even have this quote right here, even though I know it off the top of my head. It's the borrowers it's the borrowers or the tenants obligation to pay their mortgage or their rent if they can. And it's the lenders or the landlord's obligation to work work with those who can't.
0: Who well, can. and I I think this is where the difference between the single family world and the multifamily or commercial world come into effect, right? Like, okay, I think people feel bad for those that are involved in the single family world that are negatively affected. But for Joseph A. Bank, who I believe is most likely a publicly traded company to come to them, yes, retail shut down. You got to assume their cash reserves are somewhere in the $500 million range for the size company that they are or whatever it may be. For them to come in and say it, the question is, is where is that line, right? And, and Jim, that's, that's what I'm looking to you for. And maybe you can you know, show to our viewers a little bit better is those type of tenants. I mean, they're big boys, right? Like we just went through that on that sale where they came back. And we're trying to get to self negotiate against ourselves how much is a negotiating tactic that they're employing to see what they can get away with to hold cash on hand versus um, the companies that are actually going to step up and obligate and pay, right?
2: Yeah. And, and actually I, I did have this conversation yesterday with that particular investor and he's got 27 commercial tenants throughout the area. Most of his tenants are paying, you know, but it's just that big boy with Joseph A. Banks at 600,000 square feet. You're probably four or five bucks a square foot. That's a big number. And, and and we saw that you know with the company co parts who it's now public information who ended up buying your building last minute on the eleventh hour they came up to us and want a price reduction and, and you guys did a nice job and we knew it was kind of a gimmick um you know coming in there, and we said we're not going to you know, decrease our price, whatever hundred thousand whatever they were asking to do so so I've, I've yet to see a real impact on pricing. I think it's still early to tell on that. Um, and you know, one thing moving on to the next sector is office. You know, What's the big question mark in that? And Jason, I know you're, you're watching your shows. You think that office space is the next thing to crumble. I don't know. I'm getting a lot of mixed reactions on that just because it looks like, Ian, you're still at your office. My work productivity is a whole hell of a lot more of going to an office and at home. And if you've got a bunch of you know, 20-year-old, 20, 20 to 30-year-old yeah. that you're hiring out of college, they want to go to an office, not sit in their one-bedroom apartment and work from out of home.
1: Well, and 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 again, and I'm not disagreeing with that, and I agree, i I much rather work in the office. I'm more productive there, and I think a lot of people in general, I think a few things. Number one, I think number one, I think a lot of businesses not only do have to adapt, and they have adapted over the last 30 days that they have to work remotely, but I think also this is also, they're opening their eyes and saying, wait a second, we already have a lot of these things in place right now. We've already put the resources in place. We could potentially lower our overhead right now by not having such high-end office space anymore because people can work remotely or we can do workarounds. Like all of a sudden, you know, when it's an emergency and it has to happen, let's be honest, everyone figures out a way for it, to, for it to happen. Um, I think related to offices in general, I don't know long term, but I think short term, I mean listen, in the very, very short term, I think a lot of people by uh, working with this PPP paytext protection program, it's going to buy themselves time. So if there's businesses that you know aren't operating right now or if whatever the case is, or if, if their you know revenue is lower, this will buy them time at least, right? The next two months, but I think in general, who knows if it's the type of business that's going to stay in business? If they're going to continue to need their office, do they want to lower costs? You know, there's a lot of talk well, related to how long this is going to last, how long it'll take to revamp and get uh, the economy up and running. Is this going to happen again in the fall? Is this gonna is this going to continue to happen? So,
0: I think I think Jim has a very valid point. Um, Jim, what were you saying about? larger office type people like your lag Masons of the world. I think, I think that's where you said you'll see a lot more effect versus the, you know, equity warehouses and the hard money bankers and gold commercials. <laughs> what, what was your thought? What was your thought on that?
2: I mean, you guys saw this last, you know, three to five years That the space planners, the architects, your big corporate users. They really started to push for a small, tight knit office spaces, kind of community gatherings, you know, ping pong tables and bars. What I'm trying to get my, my head around is just a knee-jerk reaction. Is, does a square footage per person go up now because of your new health standards? That's still yet to be seen, and that, that's something we're going to keep an eye on here in the next you know month to a year and uh, how this affects the office space. Um, and you know I just talked about earlier how you know leg mates, and that's a big vacancy here in Baltimore. You know, thirty to fifty thousand square feet. We just lost William Scotsman. Uh, down at Fells Point, they're a big chunk of office space. So, yes, there will be vacancies, but, you know, they will be leased soon. And, you know, it's exciting to see who will be those next big-time corporate tenants coming here to Baltimore. And and how are they going to, you know, change with our new health standards? That's that's the seen, and big question mark.
1: You know, and a big thing with this, and you might know better than we would, but – I mean, I, you know, I run everything, I operate in the the small business, the real small business world, and all of our clients that we do loans for, even our private capital investors, everyone that I, all of our our friends and colleagues that we work with, I mean, we're all small business owners. Um, A lot of that stuff doesn't make a huge dent uh, into some of these things. You know, for instance, like you said, you know, some of these huge, you know, Merrill Lynch or whatever, if they take their headquarters elsewhere, or they decided to downgrade. I mean, that's huge. Um, you know, there's a huge office complex, tons and tons of resources with that. So sometimes it's hard for me to fathom some of that stuff because it's just not the world that I live in. Um, I mean, we make a dent in about 30 to 40 million dollars in the private capital sector. <laughs> that's nothing, right? That's a lot for us. You know, Ian's 100 rental properties, you know, that's a lot for one person, you know, a, a small team operation. But again, you know, there's such a higher macro level that really affects you know, so much of it. And I understand it all happens, you know, on the small side because there's just, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people like us, like you, like Ian. Um, but who knows? I mean, it's, it's interesting, it's interesting, you know, and, and again, a big part of this is also, you know, geographically driven. Um, we're all somewhat fortunate that even though we're, you know, the Baltimore Metro isn't necessarily the DC Metro, it overlaps and it's similar in general. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of um, Facebook posts Not that I really like looking at what most people put on there, but I've seen a lot of people, um, you know, going back and forth. And then there's a lot of stability and there's a lot of good uh, government jobs and things like that locally that a lot of other parts of the country just don't have. And people are biased because they, you know, they don't, you know, you don't realize that. So, um, you know, when industries go out, and depending on where you are in part of your country, you know, for instance, like, you know, government, you know, m- most people around here are still getting paid, even if they're not going to work. Um, besides some, you know, so, well, you, so, you know, some industries obviously not, but a big part of the population around here is. So it's hard to, it's hard to think, you know, East Coast, West Coast, North and South, when a lot of the stuff that I concentrate in, well, most of you guys concentrate in because we are local, is insulated by what's going on.
2: mm mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, that uh, that makes a lot of sense. And, and Jim, that's a question I got for you is that I think leading into this, like you're a lot of, um, <clears throat> you know, people were dying to Amazon, right? You know, so where does that go? But, you know, your CVS, your Walgreens, those types of investments, the ones that had those super low cap rates because they were considered secure. Do you think those cap rates are going to compress even lower because they're going to be even more secure in time like these? Or are they going to increase because they're less valuable um, you know, because they don't have the interior part of the store operating.
2: Yeah. And I guess the, those stores are considered essential businesses. So they're open right now. So if you have a pad site, you know, long-term uh, lease with CVS and you know, their triple net type deal, they're paying all your real estate taxes, insurance, common area maintenance. That looks like a very sweet investment right now. Um, You know, you're probably taking your attention away from the shopping centers, maybe not paying them as much attention as you were to your fully leased office building as you were. But that also leaves you kind of, uh, you know, leaving all your eggs in a basket with one tenant I, again, you know, with the low cap rate you in know, the event unlikely event that something like that does happen where they're forced to shut down, you know, you're stuck with a pad site or a vacant building, you know, um, with, with CVS. The yeah, time.
0: there was, there was one recently trading locally, I think at like a 7% cap rate. And after the rate increases, you know, it was almost 10 by the time you exit, which is crazy for those types of facilities. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what happens to them over the next few months. What, um, how much do you follow the commercial mortgage world and Carl Icon's uh, viewpoint on shorting, uh, commercial mortgages is is that an overall play on the
2: overall industry or it seems uh, like he's been all over the board lately and, and just kind of seeing what he said two months ago and, and now he's had some positive comment a couple days ago I, I try not to pay much attention to him because it was depressing every time i open right. up one, one of those articles um but you know that that's a little bit more of a world that jason's in is the mortgage business um commercial mortgages so
0: yeah no i just didn't know how it would reflect back into
1: in yeah who who knows and i mean who knows also right now what's even getting manipulated um similar to the stock market if things are going up and down and different opinions and cons- consumer confidence is the weirdest thing because just based on like <clears throat> me personally talking to one off individuals a lot of one off individuals on a regular basis i feel like i can feel people's confidence just based on like hey the market went down 10% the market went up 10% the market went down 10% <laughs> it's like you can't think like that it doesn't it doesn't work and You know, at one point, like, I like thinking on stuff on a macro level. It's hard for me to think on a huge macro level. But then at the same time, I also try to think of what our individual niche is. And listen, as all of the the levels that, you know, we're in, markets could crash, markets could spike, markets could stay stable. And we could all still, or anybody, not just us, but anyone could still be successful if you know, they adapt to that correct thing. Now, obviously, you know, in huge business, it's a little bit different, but for what our individual roles are inside the local commercial real estate community, there's going to be opportunities no matter what. I look at it like this and listen, if, if markets drop 40, resi- let's say residential uh, properties or commercial properties drop 40% overnight, let's just say that happens, that would suck and it would be a hardship. But at the same time, you'd, we'd adapt to it and figure out a way to do it you know, our loans would be that much lesser. Your rental properties would be that much more, you know, potentially there'd be be an influx of commercial buyers that want to all of a sudden just jump into the market because they feel like there could be a lot of opportunity. Um, You know, maybe there's whatever, less, less leases, more sales, you know, because all of a sudden it doesn't make sense to lease a property. It might make more sense just to buy a property. So who, you know, so who knows? Like it's, I, 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 I kind of, you know, just because slightly an underwriter by nature with some of this stuff, with lending over the, over the last 13, 14 years, I feel like I just try to get as much data as I can and <laughs> make the best decision that I can. And if it's wrong decision, the next one will be the right
2: decision. And, and <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a lot of money out there right now. And it's, it's tough if, if you're an owner user and you're getting ready to go buy a building. And, and Ian, that's why I was bothering you last night at 9.30 last night on, on the phone. You yelled at me for calling you so late, but I'm trying to find banks out there but all the banks are absolutely swamped with the SBA stuff. And, and yeah. if you've got a relationship with, you know, just for example, Wells Fargo um, or, or some other bank, they're absolutely tied up in all the SBA stuff. So you're not gonna get the, your attention um, from them and the process is gonna be even longer right now.
0: Yeah, and how, how do you feel as though the owner user market's looking? Uh, that's exactly what I was gonna ask you about because that's your bread and butter, right? Is small commercial type stuff that's um, owner user. Is there still people out there actively looking? Are you having to do anything different? Are you having to do virtual tours? Granted, it's commercial space, but most owner users, I'm assuming just, you know, they're looking for something for the business. They need it. Um, is that market still pretty active right now? Um, or are you seeing a slump?
2: No, it's in that we've been very busy, um, especially in, in the industrial wor- world. And our investors and buyers are still very bullish on the industrial um owner user deals are still moving forward as i mentioned earlier there's still a lot of 1031 money out there and if you do a drive down actually i just read this morning that the baltimore port shut down for a couple days Um, not really sure what was going on there but you know baltimore's success in terms of industrial has come from most of the port type businesses and yeah and and ports um they're an auto company they're 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 large in the fairfield industrial market even over in dundalk and they're very busy at the port because they had barge is coming in anyway with new vehicles and you know e-commerce. Um, Jason, you probably saw this on CNBC the other day, but 15% of that is all retail sales. And they were saying 2030 to 2035, that number is going to double. So with medical supplies, pharmaceutical supplies, um, you know, and uh, starting to bring back manufacturing back to the United States, that's all going to increase the demand and need for warehouse space, um, and with e-commerce improving, that helps your your trucking industry. So all the little accessory businesses that help, you know, tire companies, you know, your repair stores, that all kind of spirals down to that. So still a high demand for industrial, especially in this Baltimore market right now.
0: Yeah, yeah I can that I can see that. Absolutely, and I think that's what makes the world goes round, right? Like, and I think that's why a lot of people are scared. They're like, "Oh, Amazon's taking people out," but. Amazon still needs the product, right? Like somewhere, shape, or form, someone needs to house it. So whether it's a retail front with a warehouse on the backside of it, um, or a grocery store that supplies Amazon or whoever it may be as an online retailer, it, there's still a need for it. Um, what I was going to ask you is, what are you seeing? And I, I know that you don't deal much in it, but is overseas money still prevalent right now? Or you know, are these are we still attracting those types of investors?
2: We did about a year ago. I think they had a strong program of trying to get some overseas money here in Baltimore. And we were running around with a few of those prospects to try to get some of those deals done. But it, I would say it spiraled off a little bit within the last year. Um, you know, your government contractors, and there's still massive, massive support for infrastructure improvements. Um, so there's, that still kind of increases your demand for industrial land, you know, lay down yard, maintenance equipment and storage close to all your main interstates. Um, so between Baltimore and DC, you see a lot of government contractors or, you know, your, your, uh, infrastructure type companies. What, uh,
1: so as of like this few weeks, or even what your thoughts are going to be over the next few weeks, do you think like are people calling you right now that want to list properties?
2: Yes, actually they are. Um, and you know, they're, uh, we've picked up three new listings within the last couple of days, uh, all industrial buildings. Um, There was a small retail building in Dundalk that was like a a convenience store that had to shut down. But yes, we still are getting listings um, and still getting calls from owner users. Um, And
1: And I'm guessing they're probably not because like they were planning to sell anyways for one reason or the other, or is it, or were they impacted by this epidemic and now they're desperate and like need to sell like my guess is you know this was the game plan now it's ready it's time to go Bus- not that business is totally usual but like business as usual like, this was our game plan
2: it's still early to tell about what kind of damage this has done um, because there, oh, yeah. there is some government relief out there that you know, help pay your rent or that's still in the works even though I saw Bank of America yesterday was catching a lot of hell and I think the SBA system may even crash yesterday which threw a couple curveballs out there yep. but um, you know the new listings that we were getting were kind of have been in the works for the past month or two um, so we haven't seen any anyone you know that's that has to sell that's desperate to sell yet
1: yeah and I don't think that you're going I don't think that you're going to in, in the near future I mean I'm guessing what's going to end up happening is most of these people are going to weather the storm they're going to take their pPP they're going to take whatever grants they're going to take whatever they can to to weather this storm and again, you know, strong are always going to survive the weaker unfortunately could potentially fold, and the ones in the middle will um you know they work hard right now they'll they'll end up on top. but at the same time, I feel like there's enough out there um and I'm hoping that most commercial property owners, even if they lose tenants and they have to do workouts, like they have enough to at least weather the storm for a few months, hopefully. Um, and again, it might not be business, business as usual, but hopefully it'll give at least a lot of people time to reassess what's going on, what they want to do, even the economy in general of reassessing, like what's going to happen. Um, and I know a lot of people are saying that, you know, we're in for a wild ride over the next few years. That doesn't necessarily mean we're going to be in for a wild ride over the next few months. Um, I think we're kind of like up and down, funky, unknown, like not really sure what's going to happen. And then I guess the real test is going to be, everyone's going to have to just be smart and kind of figure out what's going to happen between you know, now and, I don't know, the next three years to see what really long-term effects are. Because you can just pump money at it short-term, um, in, at least in you know, the, the asset classes that we're in. You, know, we, you can, bump, you can uh, pump some government money towards it to at least get stuff stabilized to weather the storm. And then I guess the real challenge is going to be like, what are the long-term effects? And, you know, does the economy really have, you know, really have a much bigger issue than, than, you know, you can tell on the surface.
2: No, and this is going to change the way we live. Are we going to want to go to that cramped restaurant that we like to go before where, you know, you're, you're in a smaller space and 30, 40 people there. There are going to be some holes in the market. Um, I think the National Institute of Restaurants came out and said that it's going to, Force um, 17% of all restaurants out there to close. Uh, so those are going to be some big holes uh, that are going to have to get filled in this market. And, and Ian, I, I know we sat down three or four months ago, and I'm just happy you guys didn't end up buying that um, uh, single tenant bar that we looked at. There would have been a lot of curse words being exchanged. Know, but
0: uh, but again, that came to us underwriting it and saying, you know, it was too compressed. You know, had it been on the beginning of the upswing, we probably would have taken the risk and said, okay, there's rate adders, but you know, it's just it was too tight. You know, it, it didn't make financial sense. It, it was a long term play. It wasn't meant for us. Um, but yeah, that would have been real interesting. And it's it's probably a real crazy time right yeah. now for a lot of restaurant owners, which I know is a near and dear space to you because that's uh, what you used to do back in the day. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> yeah, man. There's a and there's a lot of areas overall. Your Federal Hills, your Hamdens, your your Fell's Points. You know what happens? You know you got. The the uh what call Atlas Restaurant Group? They got a big hold in Harbor East. There are people coming out to do the restaurant scene anymore? You know, um, man. so it'll be interesting.
2: In people's paranoia level with you know, the summer and going into next year, are, do you want to go out and go eat at a restaurant that's packed? You know, it's, it's going to be tough to tell. Um,
0: uh, lay li- yeah. man, li- liquid lunch cures everything. No yeah. need to eat. Get the alcohol in the system, and we'll be good to go. Um, hey, Jimmy, you, uh, you got anything else that you want to leave us with or tell people how they can get a hold of you yeah. um, if they have any questions for you?
2: Yeah, we're, um, we're uh, again, locally owned boutique commercial real estate form, firm. Check out our website, www.goldcommercial.net. Um, you can figure out how to contact us from there. We've got a lot of listings. I want to say we've got 40, 40 commercial buildings here in the Baltimore metro area. Only one that matters. Yeah, and you've got a piece we're trying to sell. Uh, 3530 South Hanover Street, a nice little 12,000 square foot flex building, beautiful exposure. Get a girl,
0: get a girl, sell it, baby. I'm all over it, but uh, no,
2: I really love what you guys are doing. Um, yeah, you know, I catch your show every other day or every day, and you guys got some, some people in there that are sharing a lot of good information out there. So, so thank you guys and, and keep at it.
1: Cool, we'll keep doing it. We appreciate you uh, sharing the insight. I know most guests that we talked to are more in the investment residential space than the commercial space. So I'm glad you could give us some insight on that. And, um, and again, the, the, the crazy part about uh, this world changing on a regular basis on a day by day basis is things are changing. So if uh, something else comes up in the commercial front locally, feel free to reach out or we might reach out back to you and uh, get you uh hopped on again and uh, do it and do it again.
0: And there's some people asking in the comments, Jim, for your uh, contact information. Information, if you want to jump on there, Jim at goldcommercial.net. dot uh, But if you want to respond, there's definitely people looking for you. Thanks, man. Thank you, gentlemen. Bye, man. Thanks, appreciate it. Cool. Well, a lot of good, a uh, lot of good info from
1: a good old Jimmy boy. Um, you know, it's a topic I like. I like talking about. I mean, I think Jim might think I'm a little bit more involved in the commercial space. Um, than we are. And obviously we do quite a bit of commercial loans, but they're more bridge loans, not necessarily, you know, the types of loans that I think Jim's trying to place with his clients. You know, if someone needs a real quick bridge loan just to acquire a really good deal or to take out cash, um, we've done a lot of those types of quick deals, but you know, at a 13% interest rate, you know, most of these, um, investors don't want to carry it too long, you know, so it works again for short term
0: yeah well, and the other thing is you people need to realize what's going on in the commercial world ultimately reflects the, what's going on in the single family world if people don't have jobs be, you know and you can tell by the commercial world if you know properties aren't transacting, there's a big default rate that ultimately you see um you know you start to see that overflow because you know people aren't working, therefore your single family markets start to get affected and it all you know begins to i don't wanna say collapse um but it's all related right, and you just need to understand that and it goes back to the conversation we were having with mike shock yesterday you know there's a lot of alternative asset classes that the commercial brokers represent oh that could be valuable opportunities for people that you know say okay single family's dead, or i'm you know i want to diversify my risk against single family i want to diversify inside of real estate there's opportunities whether it's you know rv park self-storage industrial um uh, retail i mean retail i know we were kind of talking down about it but Recently, there's been a lot of people coming in and revitalizing retail shopping centers uh, to repurpose the uses, whether it's, you know, infill lots, um, you know, people converting them into storage facilities or people converting them, uh, you know, as uh, makeshift storefronts with a huge warehouse out the back of them uh, to utilize them. So there has been a big upswing in that.
1: And, you know, supply and demand. Don't lie. You'll, you'll know very, very quickly exactly what's going to happen with, uh, with, a lot of this, with a lot of this stuff in general. And you're right. You know, I, I don't necessarily think that, you know, office is going to go anywhere, Where retail is going to go anywhere. A lot of these places are going are to go anywhere. I mean, it might get affected by how much someone's willing to pay for it. Um, I mean, let's be honest, you know, in our type of business and in your type of business, you know, we don't spend a lot of money on rent in general. Uh, we're not, we're not a business that it's not like a law firm, um, like a high end law firm where you need to have a great location and, you know, a pristine location or a nice restaurant where it's location, location, location. So some businesses are reliant on location and that's their biggest overhead expense is to get that primo location. Um, on our end, it's, Hey, I'd rather, you know, save the money and put it towards something else because, you know, I don't have a storefront. I don't need a storefront and, you know we spend probably twice as much as we could would even need to spend just because we want to have kind of a big open area where we can kind of incubate and play and be creative. And, you know, we do it, we do it because, you know, it's, it's in the budget. So, but some business models in general, they need, you know, they need high visibility. They need, um, you know, they need, they need certain, they need certain things. So, you know, who knows? I, uh, and, and again, it's not like any of these places will continue or like all of a sudden collapse, maybe they'll go down, maybe go up, who knows. But the reason why is it's just, you know, residential and commercial is similar to this. Based on supply and demand, you got to think is, are you going to rent a house? Are you going to rent a, a a building? Or are you going to buy a house? Are you going to buy a building? And it's that simple. So it's not like all of a sudden, you know, the commercial markets are just going to say, oh, there's a building that was a million dollars. Now it's only a hundred thousand dollars. It's not going to Probably happened like that, and the reason why is because all of a sudden, that if if that price point is let's say a million bucks, you know I can either I can either buy a building for a million bucks or I can rent the exact same building for four thousand dollars a month. Chances are I'm going to probably rent that space for four thousand dollars a month. There's more value to it. Now that being said, if that pro if that uh, building goes from a million to let's say nine hundred thousand or eight hundred thousand, then it's like okay now, you know, it might financially it might make sense for me to buy that building based on where debt is um and and a lot of other advantages so that's the reason why just like rental properties they're not going to all of a sudden just collapse yeah you know they're gonna you know if if, if renting's here uh the price of buying's here they might even out a little bit until it makes sense but they're not going to just like completely just both fall together
0: (laughs) right but you also have a very interesting factor um inside the commercial world when you look at businesses is that um not a lot of there are plenty of businesses that don't like to purchase the property because they plan on being in business for X number of years that when they buy them, then they're responsible for maintenance and everything else versus taking the line item for uh, tax, you know, for tax purposes of um, wanting the rent on their books and they never buy properties. There's a lot of big corporations that their business model is literally just a rent. Um, so there is that extra factor and extra, I won't say layer of protection, but you know that there's certain businesses out there that take advantage of that for themselves. So, and there's
1: also businesses out there that all they want to do, it's a real estate, it's a real estate play, the McDonald's model, all they want to do is is buy and they don't. And, you know, and obviously they want the the underlying business to be as profitable as possible, but that's, you know, their plays in the the real estate. And I actually think lifetime fitness I heard was similar to that too. Don't quote me on that, but I think that that was similar.
0: Interesting. Yeah, no, yeah, it's uh, it's all factors that everybody should uh, compute the when you know looking at commercial world. And, but, and, uh, and
1: and again, you know, the the rates have a lot to do with this right now. A lot to do with it. You know, all of a sudden those rates start skyrocketing or or going up. You know, that's that's what really makes things yeah. uh, cha- challenging or puts a monkey wrench in, in a lot of this when that occurs.
0: Yeah. You have any updates? Uh, any updates to what's going on in the world? With PPP or anything? I see uh, one of my buddies that has a, a manufacturing shop just joined. We've been go- exchanging a lot of information. It, on has Has
1: anyone you know got funny, the money in hand yet? I mean, I still uh, think they're saying later this week. Originally, they thought same day to the next day.
0: Now they're saying later this week. No, I I haven't heard of anyone. Our bank hasn't reached out to us. I did get a I don't know if I shared this that we got an email saying we were ineligible for it, and then after a whole bunch of back and forth, they decided. That we were eligible for it because, again, for any anyone that's looking to apply, it's if you have employees on staff, you're el- you're you're eligible to apply as long as you have somebody that's re- uh, getting a W two. That is the only limiting yeah. factor to it. Um, yeah, and then
1: and then the next round, from what we've heard, is was supposed to be this Friday coming up. If you're just self employed with no employees, ten ninety nine, yeah, sole proprietor. I know a lot of real estate investors are like yep. that. Maybe a, a you know real estate agent who doesn't have any employees things like
0: that actually our my buddy just uh greg pilati who owns a high-end manufacturing uh furniture company he just said that they got approved for the ppp funds it's saying three to four weeks for getting the funds and he said he just found out from his banker Jeez. yeah so so that's not so
1: that's not doing the good that you know originally the game plan was because the game plan was you know obviously someone need you know companies need emergency money but other companies just need the funds before the next round of payroll comes or the next round of rent or or mortgage comes right you know next round of utilities come so they can weather the storm for a few months and you know that's going to make it more difficult for some companies
0: yeah well uh maybe greg can jump on here once he uh finds out a little more information and keep us posted to what's going on um have you seen anything else in the marketplace anything changed for you
1: um, no, not really. I'm looking at Greg's post right now as well. Shocking. Yeah. Three to four weeks, question mark. I, I know yeah. that's, uh, I, if you haven't applied yet, you need to apply ASAP because some of the banks are already done lending them out. Wells Fargo already stopped. Well, wow. Wells Fargo already stopped. I didn't, I didn't hear that. Um, yeah, yeah. we'll have to jump on. Maybe we'll get Jason back on this week.
0: Yeah. I'll talk to him and see if he can come um, on Friday, especially since Friday's the big sole proprietor today. Um, I do know that, you know, unemployment and those things, people are, are actively already getting paid for those things. Oh, really? Um, I talk, uh, yeah, uh, at least up in Pennsylvania from what I can tell, um, from some people that I know up there, I did have an interesting phone conversation yesterday with a buddy of mine out of Pittsburgh, um, who has a bunch of self-storage, does a lot of flips, has a bunch of rentals. I was asking him what he's seeing. He's telling his guys that he's slowing down on flips. Um, you know, he's still confident in the market, although he does have some reservations. He's not going to be actively buying anything here in the short term unless it's a stellar deal. And I think that just reiterates our message that it's okay to be cautious with your money right now, right? The money's made in the buy. Um, and it was good to hear somebody out of network that's seeing similar things that's saying, okay, I'm pulling the reins in a little bit. I'm going to take my time on what I'm doing and I'm only going to buy exactly what I want to buy. I don't, I'm not buying just the buy to keep the guys busy, you know? Um, And then other than that, the other things we've been seeing is rents have been coming in. Things have been looking up. Um, You know, it's very easy to try to stay positive here, you know, but you always just got to mitigate your downside risk during these times and, you know, be able to navigate what's going on. So.
1: Yeah. Stay optimistic, stay proactive. We've said this every show, but you know, there's always a time. There's always a time to buy at the right numbers. If the market's going up that the market's going down or the bar, market's staying stable uh, at the right numbers, at the right numbers, there's still opportunity. So, um, so I, you know, look out for them, you know, side, you don't have to be sidelined. I think being sidelined and out of the game for everybody, buyers, sellers, uh, lenders, I, I just don't, I don't think that's the right thing. This is the time to, be proactive and active and do whatever you can to be in front of people right now. And you don't have to do a deal just because you're given an opportunity. You know, you should still be actively looking for stuff and actively staying in front of your clients. And, you know, this, this is, this is the time. And if there's no opportunities and there's no opportunities, but you know, there are opportunities. We all know there's opportunities. Um, they, they might be the similar opportunities that you've looked at over the last few years that obviously you don't want to do that same deal again now, but, Yeah. You know, as soon as you get out of the game, if you get out of the game, there's no opportunities. It's that simple. If you stay in the game, there's lots of opportunities and cherry pick the best one, the best two or the best 10 or whatever, whatever the, whatever, you know, you want, you want to do. But I think this is the time you got to put your head up and see what happens. And as you're looking at deals, you know, a deal today uh, might look good. And tomorrow you might look at yourself and say, okay, well, you know, this deal's better. I'm going to do this one instead. But I would say, I think both of us and everyone we've talked to would suggest is stay active, stay in the game, be optimistic uh, but cautious, and jump in when you see a deal that could potentially work and you know maybe fix and flips are harder right now. I would say if you have a fix and flip, you do want to buy it at a much lower uh price uh than maybe a a rental property where uh you know the, your metrics is different because your uh your metrics is just different it's not as doesn't matter as much as built in equity as it does uh, compared to cash flow and, and things like that. Because if you can get rental debt right now, it's cheaper, right? So, you know, if if you can, if you can still get capital for your rent, for your rental properties right now, um, and it's, and it's out there, you know, it's out there from us on the front end, and it's out there from other lenders kind of on the back end, it might be a little bit more expensive than, you know, you were getting a month ago, but it is still out there. And, you know, if you have and yeah, you might need to put more capital down as well, you might have to put more of your own skin in the game. But keep in mind you know, do the math, but it might make more sense to buy a property for a hundred thousand dollars today at a 5% interest rate, let's say, than $90,000 tomorrow at a higher interest rate, right? Do the math to see what works. Um, so.
0: Yeah, definitely all, uh, all valid points, you know, and again, just be, be definitive what you want to do with your money. Um, and be cautious. I see Greg's asking, what do you guys think about the office space earlier in the video? Jim went in depth on it. Um, this will re-record or replay once uh, I think we get off of here, but, you know, I think we're all in agreement that the small office type people um, are going to exist. You know, your type of Greg, your type of company and our type of company that's small, you know, less than I'd say 25 people. There's always going to be a need for that type of that uh, office space. And, you know, the slack's not going to be there as much as potentially in the, much larger office space. Um, and I already think there was a little bit of slump, you know, people were going online anyway, so it'll be interesting. It'll be, um, interesting to see where the market goes and how it looks in the future and do, you know, do a lot of things in place now, stay in place. Um, we're going to revert, you know, we are social beings, you know, I like seeing and talking to people. This is fun and it's good. And I'm glad we can provide content every day, but in the end I would much rather go grab a a bite to eat and a few drinks and talk it out with some people, you know?
1: Yeah. And who knows what happens? See, the thing is is I don't think anything's going to be very affected in the short term. I think a lot of things are going to be affected in the long term, and it's just like the stock market. You're never going to time it right. The first time you think you, uh, you time, you know, the first time you think you've got it figured out, you're going to get kicked in the back of the head and that's just what it is. (laughs) I don't think this stuff's going to get affected as much very quickly, because keep in mind, number one, uh, a lot of big buildings that have office buildings in general are typically, you know, corporate owned or something related to that. They don't want to undercut themselves by just automatically lowering rent to get, um, you know, a higher occupancy. That's just not the game that they're in because if they low lower, you know, lower the rent, then all of a sudden, you know, everything's going to kind of fall in place with that get lowered and lowered and lowered, and lowered and lowered. I don't think that's a game they want to play at. They want to play in. Now, over time, do I think that happens? Probably. But in the short term, it doesn't. I don't think it makes sense to break your lease if you have the ability to, uh, because you think if you're on the open market, you can get cheaper rental space uh, next door around the corner right now. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen with, you know, selling a property either. Or, um, or uh, you know, I think all of this stuff, I think that's with the same as commercial and I think that's the same as the residential. I uh, I do not think that soon as a bunch of residential houses pop up on the market or any properties pop up on the market come June 1st let's just say I don't think they're going to be at a huge discount. I think I think if anything they might even be the opposite. That being said, I do think longer term I do think longer term there will be a lot more opportunities and they'll just be um, you know, you gotta be open-minded for that. And the problem with it happening like that, and not happening overnight, because stuff doesn't, you know, typically things, <laughs> the things that happen quickly overnight are typically things that aren't in our favor, not the, not the opposite. Um, so I'm thinking what happens is if it does happen long-term, the problem with long-term is it's just like a stock market long-term, you know, it's going down, going down, going down. Um, sorry, going down, going down, going down. But the problem is when do you buy? Do you buy here? Do you buy here? you buy here you look like a schmuck if you buy here but then um because then it keeps going down but then so many people want to wait till the bottom but then who knows when the bottom's gonna happen and then by the time you realize that you're back up to here so <laughs> so who knows it just it, listen it all goes back it all goes back to there's always a good opportunity out there at any given time at the right number do the math if you think it's a good opportunity and it works for with you as a lender or a buyer or a rental property owner or you're leasing a property for your business, if the numbers work and you're comfortable with it and you like those numbers today, you like those numbers tomorrow, you like those numbers down the road years from now, do it. And who cares if it goes down or goes up? I mean, it's, it's it, to me, it's the same thing as looking at your you know, 401ks that are, that are tied to stocks, bonds and other stuff right now. It'll drive yourself absolutely crazy if you log into those accounts every day and see the zigzags and the Ws and everything else. It'll drive yourself crazy. So you know, have confidence that you made the right decision and, and stick to it.
0: Yeah. I think T Rob does a uh, Tony Robbins does a real good job covering that in money, money mastery or whatever the heck, that big book that he has. Yep. You know, he's done a lot of interviews where he says, you know, the worst day not to put money into the market is yesterday or today, or whatever the sayings go And yep. you know, it's the same thing with real estate. If you can find the right deal that works for you and you're taking action and you're doing the right thing um, it's hard to get hurt. You know, um, somebody reached out to us this morning, give us a compliment on the show. And he was saying, uh, he was saying, you know, I just bought my rental property. My first one, two months ago, I'm sweating a little bit of bullets, but it gives me time to get in order, get my affairs in order and get ready to hit the other side of this. Um, I agree. So. I agree. I mean, I
1: listen, deals, you know, stuff's not going to fall. You're going to have to work hard with stuff. And I, I, and listen, I think a lot of us like to work hard and a lot of us like that, the barrier to entry might not be as easy as it was months ago and like that you need more resources and partners and, and experience. And again, this isn't like, this isn't like, you know, a dig on, on, on anyone individual uh, on anybody individually. But the, the fact is, is, you know, and I remember Jay Scott talks about this all the time. And, uh, and I, and I, and I like his quote on this is real estate in general has a very small barrier to entry compared to a lot of other business models. Um, and because of that, you know. There's there there's there's a lot of there's just a lot of people in the in the industry in general. So, you know, if you're serious about the business, if you have resources, you know, you're and you're smart about investing, you're gonna survive. And it's that simple and you're gonna prosper and and you know, be in a good spot. And if you're serious about it, even if you don't have resources right now, now's the time. Mike Shock talked about this yesterday, and I wholeheartedly agree. Now's the time to get your resources, get your funding in order, get your partners in order, get your contractors in order get everything in order so when that opportunity comes up you can jump on it quickly and take advantage of the situation
0: absolutely 100 what uh what, what's the look like tomorrow what we got
1: we're off tomorrow Ian.
0: we're off oh finally
1: <laughs> tomorrow's wednesday we're off tomorrow what do we got thursday
0: Thursday, I believe we got Steve Cavanaugh um, of Southern Maryland Homebuyers and his partner, Alex Pardo from Flip Factor, who have a uh, mastermind called Ascend. Um, what, so, what time is
1: that, 12.30?
0: Uh, 11, 11.30. Yeah, 12, 12.30 to 1. Um, it'll be real good. They'll give us a lot of good mindset tips and tricks. Um, it'll be interesting to hear how those, uh, you know, I guess, business mastermind groups are coping with what's going on now um, and how it relates back to real estate. Uh, so Thursday, I think at twelve thirty, Alex and Steve—if nothing more—I'm they, sure they'll drop some bombs. It's worth taking a look. Exactly.
1: And Friday, where we can't uh, we can't share with you yet, you'll know soon because we have a few guests that uh, that potentially are going to come on. And but we want to somewhat save the space for Jason Schwartzberg again, just in case he wants to hop on related to this PPP stuff and if there's any updates. I so we'll probably release who's talking on Friday tomorrow. So uh we'll let you know then. I don't think we're gonna do a show tomorrow. Um Ian and I might just do unless a quick, a, unless a quick something one.
0: crazy happens overnight.
1: We will unless something here. crazy happens overnight. Uh reach out to me directly Jason at harmonybankers.com. Ian at harmony EquityWarehouse.com. If you have any questions related to anything we've been chatting about, or if you want to get in touch with any of the speakers, or if you believe that you could potentially provide a lot of value and be a and be a speaker, obviously there's uh there's no gurus, um, there's no selling, nothing like that, um, just real knowledge. And also, next Wednesday we have our meetup group, and we're going to figure out exactly who's going to hop on for that. But we have our meetup group um, that that we'll do, and it's going to be. Um, you know, similar setup, but it might be a little bit more presentation style. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll share that info with you as well. Cool, man. Well, we've been going about an hour, a little bit longer than we normally do, but listen, if there's good content to talk about, happy to share with everybody because, uh, you know, that's what we do.
0: Yep. Thanks guys.
1: Thanks guys. We'll chat soon.